Sitting in on the rush this afternoon. It is 5.20. We'll be here right to 6 o'clock. Big changes. Big, big, big changes today in the Ontario curriculum. And in particular, leading the list of those changes is the fact that it will now be mandatory uh, to teach about the contributions of black Canadians for history courses in grade 7, grade 8, and grade 10. There's actually nobody, literally nobody better to have to tell us about these changes than the people who made them themselves. We're joined right now by Education Minister Stephen Lecce and his parliamentary assistant, Patrice Barnes. Thanks very much for both of you being here. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Minister, I'll start with you. These uh, changes, obviously coming in Black History Month, um, you know, Seem, I mean, I can't imagine anybody that would that, that would contest them. One question I have is, it makes it mandatory. How prevalent would this kind of content have been already? Like, I would like to have imagined that we'd already find this being taught in yeah. most of those history courses. Is that right? Is this just extending what's there, or is it? Is it spotty? The authority on this has to be Patrice Barnes, who's the spearhead for it. But I'll tell you, <laughs> as someone who has become a student of history uh, under her incredible uh, uh, leadership, I can tell you what became clear to us is there's not much. There is components that deal with black history, including in the in our history uh, components, grade 10 history. But it is really, it seemed footnoted. It right. seemed to diminish the very positive contributions black individuals made in even to precede the founding of Canada. Like, I was fascinated to, to, fa to find out that... You know, Samuel de Champlain came with a black individual, uh, Matthew de Costa, who literally helped to found New France and Quebec. That black soldiers fought in the defense of Canada. We could have been the 51st state in 1812, and they were, you know, brave in defending our liberty. So I think fundamentally, as I've learned from Patrice, black history is Canada's history. I'm proud of it, and I'm excited to be a part of this announcement, but I've got to give the credit where it's due. It is <laughs> Patrice and, frankly, a lot of black families out there who felt like their history wasn't reflected in their country, and Got that's it. why we did this today. I have to say, Patrice, I mean, I was a history student at university. It was my favorite topic in high school. I was a nerd, um, but, you know, like, I was learning about the Staples thesis and Harold Innes. You know what I mean? Like, there just wasn't a lot of mention of the contributions of of black Canadians, you talk about the Underground Railroad, that sort of thing. But I mean, really, so in just picking up on what Stephen's saying, then, is there a big job, a big lift for educators then in terms of putting together this content in order to be taught? Like, how long will we see, how long will it be before we see this being taught in schools? So we're aiming for the rollout in September of 2025. So oh, that's pretty soon. We're fast forwarding it because we recognize the importance of it. And as the minister said, there were just sort of footnotes, right? So, you know, um, teachers would have like a little footnote that says, well, if you're teaching this, maybe you could ask students this. And right. that might be a little bit about black history. That might be a little bit uh, different content. But it was really left up to how comfortable the teacher was, whether or not they wanted to explore that. With the new change, we're going to be re rewriting the, the Canadian history curriculum, and it's going to be part of that. Are there other provinces, I'm just sticking with you, Patrice, are there other provinces where you, this content is found more prevalent, where there's already modules that can um, be borrowed, amended, uh, leveraged? 
Well, in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia sort right. of be, seems to be the epicenter sure. of black history. It, it is ha- They've done a really good job of sort of creating and collecting stories and putting them together, uh, coming up with modules that teach about black history. But for a province that actually has it mandated, that would be us. Minister, um, I mean... This seems like an important subject to add to the curriculum. You must be, both of you, uh, bombarded with demands, insistence from parents, from educators, from all sorts of different stakeholders saying, here's what's missing from the curriculum. So you've got to do this. Uh, You've got to do that. Uh, I'm guessing lots and lots and lots of them would be worthy. How do you make the determination? Like I literally, even as a parent, I don't know what the process is. How do you make the determination as to what will be added to the curriculum uh, versus that which does not? Well, you know, we've been following the the expert opinion on this. I mean, look, um, we had to make a decision on uh, language, on our language curriculum. The Ontario Human Rights Commission came out with a clear report that we needed to do better. We needed to restore cursive writing and phonics uh, and critical thinking skills. So we adopted their change. In this case, strong advocacy of the black community. Any objective mind looking at this would see a problem. What we also announced today was a requirement by law. The curriculum must be updated every five years because the former Liberal government in this province, look, we had a math curriculum, a science curriculum that was 13, 14 years old respectively. That's a dereliction of duty. We got to make sure our curriculum is relevant to the job market. So <clears throat> we're teaching these kids, pardon me, those soft skills um, and, you know, really the STEM disciplines we want to emphasize. But it all goes back to the fundamental point, which is what we teach our kids needs to be relevant to build a inclusive, prosperous, united country, as well as to help these kids get a job. And we're doing both. We're really leaning into Canadian history, civic education as our way, as the greatest weapon against hate that is rising in the country. And I think it's important we teach kids to respect our differences. It's why we live in this amazing country. Cursive is a good example, though. I mean, it lights people up here on the uh, on, on the, the, the radio station you'll get, folks, because there's a lot of people like me, a 55-year-old fuddy-duddy who goes, I can't believe my kid doesn't know how to do cursive. It's so frustrating. Do the kids need to know cursive? Like, I, So this is a good example. I'm, yeah. I'm picking up on this just because it... It is the kind of subject where I can see it argued passionately both ways. And you're like, okay, but we landed on cursive. What's the politics of that? Like, I mean, seriously, that's the most important thing that was absent from the curriculum? No, but it's just a case study for something that has worked for generations. It's like phonics. It's critical thinking. It's financial literacy. None of this was mandated. Right. We didn't have coding. You know, BC had it. Nova Scotia had it, but not Ontario. And my mission as minister, our, our collective aim as a government, is to give young people competitive advantage when they graduate. So, you know, it's not just to write letters to grandma as much as cursive right. writing may prove to be helpful for in communications amongst the generations, it's actually about creating seamless thoughts. And there's science that underpins our why. We didn't just do it because we thought it'd be a good you know, issue on social media or a talk radio hit. We did it because the science makes clear some of these time-tested strategies should never have been removed from the curriculum. And at the same time, we're looking forward. We're the government that added coding. We're the government that added digital literacy. Uh, a lot of elements that uh, I think are leaning into where the puck is going when it comes to the economy and the future of work. Patrice, when the minister's done making the big announcements and taking all the credit, you've got to go in and do the hard work as a parliamentary assistant. When you meet with educators and school boards and they say, well, listen, if you're going to mandate things like every five years, this new content has to be updated. And if you're going to add more and more mandatory content, that's going to more and more and more diminish our discretion. It's going to restrict what we can and can't do in the classroom. I 
is that all just a resources conversation? Like, how do those conversations go? Because there's a long way from Queen's Park where a decision gets announced to the classroom where this actually gets fulfilled. And I will answer that because when I, I served as trustees, that was one of the co- concerns always is that the things that come out of the ministry doesn't necessarily translate right. in the classroom. And so, th- but we have to be mindful though, we have students. And we are, our responsibility is to educate and to prepare them for the next steps in life, make them contributing citizens. And so when we talk about, for example, we talk about black history and somebody will say, well, now we have an additional add-on. But right. we don't. We, it's not an add-on. It's really, really putting together the two pieces that we're missing. So Canadian history that we've learned it for so long is the same is our same history. It's just right. that our voice was never there. So as we go forward, well, I'm not arguing. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing it shouldn't be included by by any measure. But the clock is still the clock. I mean, presumably that 45 minute history class is now. Some things have to be dropped in order for that to be included. Is that not the case? No, because if we're talking about, even if we talk about indigenous learning, and right. we're talking about the the War of 1812, or we're talking about the First World War, or the Second World War, it is not really about adding something else. It's okay, there, there was the First World the War, there right. was the American Revolution. What were other things that were happening at the time? Right. So it's really making that particular piece more fulsome. Right. Right. So looking so at making it, the point that black history isn't yeah. necessarily a topic to be taught, but rather history of the World War now will include yes. the role of blacks. Exactly. Minister, uh, last question for you here. I noticed that you're adding some business courses. Yes. Uh, grade 10. One's, in t- one's titled Building the Entrepreneurial Mindset, and the other is called Launching and Leading a Business. My question is, uh, are these available only to grade 10 students or can adults take them? Because I, th- I want that entrepreneurial uh, mindset uh, course. I need, I need some help in that. Uh, Scott, I'm prepared to use ministerial authority to grant you entrance right. into that course. The truth is, though, I'm happy you said this. We launched a variety of new courses that go back to the basics, really emphasizing math, reading and writing, the fundamental courses, uh, fundamental subjects we think are important. We've made clear as a government, this is what matters. And so we brought forth a suite of new courses unveiled for this September, a mandatory requirement that every five years curriculum must be updated so that it doesn't become stagnant or stale. And this amazing announcement of Black History, it was a successful day when it comes to going back to basics and serving students. I look forward to how smart my children will be. Thank you both for coming in, Minister Lecce, Patrice Barnes. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you.